The Miriam Project Gaula Hour is a worldwide call to action to help raise our awareness that we're living in the times of the Gaula Shlema, the final redemption. Join Yehudis Shamroth from Israel as she interviews a variety of respected individuals on the topics of the end of days, the impending Gaula Shlema, and the coming of Mashiach soon in our days. Amen. And now, here is Yehudis Shamroth. Let me introduce, please, on the Miriam Project Gaula Hour, we have the great zechut, which means the privilege of having our, actually, our neighbor in our own backyard, Rabbi Harry Moskov. Harry is here. Uh, he calls in to meet me on the Miriam Project to talk about his impression about what's going on with the Gaula right now. And Harry's background is quite extensive. I'm not sure I can read everything on his bio. He'll fill us in. But Harry's a rabbi, he's a film producer, he's a writer for Israel 365 and the Jerusalem Post, and he is a tour guide, and a tour guide that does biblical archaeological tours, among many other things, on video now, and also was doing before Corona. And I didn't realize until recently that he published a book, and he's got another one coming out, about the Ark of the Covenant. And uh, please correct me if I'm wrong, Harry, are you there? Say hi. Yeah. Okay, so it's called... Hello, the, hi, everybody. <laughs> so it's called the ARK Report, Secrets right, for the... the ARK Report, yeah. The ARK Report, Secrets for the Century. So um, this talks extensively about... You talk about your uh, your archaeological findings regarding the Temple Mount and also the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant, which everybody's always very interested in all over the world for time and memorial. <laughs> so thank you for joining me. Um, I have a couple questions in particular. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that I want to ask you is that uh, really this is a Gula-oriented com, uh, a program, but um, and, and not but but and I'm sure um, you can tell us um, what your impression is about what's going on in the times we're living right now for the Jewish people especially, but everyone in the world. Well, I have a I have a specific life viewpoint, a little bit uh, unique. As an investigative archaeologist, and, and what I do, as you mentioned, is biblical archaeology, etc. So, and uh, as a rabbi, I, I sort of have this stand, this viewpoint of uh, sort of how how the Jewish people are coming back to Israel. And uh, you said, you know, you obviously are part of uh, Joshua Walter's project and Leah project, which is amazing. There's a lot of people like ourselves that are really sort of on the front lines of uh, promoting different things promoting the, I guess you would say, the future, in a way, of the Jewish people. And we find that, I was just having a, a study today, actually, and one of the things we were learning about is how certain sports, certain commandments become uh, Torah commandments where the majority of the Jewish people are here in Israel. So I'm literally on the borderline right now. I think about a year ago, uh, statistics, there was a whole uh, article with uh, Jerusalem Post about how the Jewish people, the majority of the Jewish people for the first time in 2,000 years are now in Israel. Wow. Now that fluctuates, you know, and there's certain things that become uh, derisa, which means, according to the Torah, Jewish law, uh, according to the, uh, I guess you would say, yeah, the Torah, I mean, that's the best way to put it. Uh, so, including Shemitah and all these different uh, commandments. And so now, there are new discoveries being found literally every two weeks in terms of archaeology, proving, and this is what I do, essentially, proving the Jewish connection to ancient Jerusalem, to Israel. You know, we have uh, the UN, and we have the PA, the Palestinian, what I call it my book, Temple Denial Syndrome, TDS. Uh, you see that a lot nowadays, especially in the UN, politically, the last, uh, for instance, the last UN vote 
uh, totally denied any Jewish connection to the Temple Mount. Uh, they only called it by the Muslim name. So it, we have all these obstacles, but we have to actually say something. I feel compelled. I think sort of like the way you do, you do, uh, to to get out there and uh, you know sort of uh, what's the word like fight the battles. I guess you could say. You know, and all of this has to do with the times that we live in, with the gula, because we really are there. We really are at the beginning. What we're feeling now with the, the whole corona, all of that is a process. Uh, like I wrote about one of my articles uh, about, yeah, this is really part of the process of the gula and heavenly Mashiach, the birth times of the Messiah, and we're getting, we're going to get through it. It's going to be excellent. And this year, we're going to see miracles. I really believe that, as hard as it may be, there's a whole reset happening. And, uh, you know, the work that I do and when I write in my book, my, my new book's coming out in a couple of months, uh, God willing. So that would be, that'll be really something. And, uh, I think that it'll, it'll all tie together with discoveries, the tunnels under the Temple Mount, the Ark of the Covenant. We're getting closer and it's going to be exciting. I'm so thrilled. I can't wait to read everything you write. Um, I have my inspiration, as I mentioned to you before we went to record, which was uh, actually Rabbi Pinchas Winston. He's originally from Toronto. Right. And now uh, you must have known him from Toronto. Then what am I saying? You're also from Toronto, correct? Uh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. So I'm from Buffalo. Yeah. I'm from Buffalo, if that matters. <laughs> I'm originally from Buffalo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so in any case, though, Rabbi Winston for many, many years has been told us, telling us to read the news through the eyes of the Torah. And if it looks like right. it's kind of crazy and, um, and, and upside down and, and possible occurrence, then it probably is, you know, for sure, it always is the hand of Hashem, but it's always a way to see, to, to verify if something in your mind is questioning. I wonder, you know, if God was involved in this. It's always a God involved. We know that. But especially when something, you know, like when, uh, you know, Trump won the election for the first time or, you know, the, uh, the land of Israel right. becoming, the land of Israel, you know, blooming in the desert and all the different predictions that we see coming true. So what, um, what is your inspiration for being so excited about this? And were you always feeling this way? Or is it some, is there some incident that that kind of uh, opened your eyes to the fact that we are in the Gaula right now? Well, I mean, I've always been optimistic, maybe to a fault. <laughs> but I think uh, now I'm more excited than before. I've always been excited on a certain level. But you mentioned Trump, for instance. Now that, he plays a huge part in, uh, in, in Israel and the Gula and, and uh, the Tov the, the good that's in Esav, what he's done for the country more than any other president. I also wrote this another, and I still, by the way, believe that he has a good chance through legal means of, of still winning the election. Wow. I think it was taken from him in the past, in the last six hours, uh, to, you know, different means, fraud, etc. But the fact that he won in 2016 in the first place was huge. Yeah. It was definitely would like, it really been a survival from, from God, from Hashem. And, uh, because of that, it set back, uh, a lot of processes, uh, like what Obama tried to do with Hillary Clinton and the whole, what people call New World Order, uh, all of this type of thing. That's a bit of a conspiracy theory, but still, there were a lot of things that they meant to do that were not, would not be good, I think. And a lot of things that were done, uh, legislated by Obama, they really set the U.S. back, uh, you know, legislation for, you know, same-sex marriages and all that. So, amongst other things, so all of that wasn't good. And Trump sort of, you know, is working on America, making, like he would say, making America great again. But all of that is very connected to Israel, 
and, and his, you know, Jerusalem being the capital of Jewish people and everything that he's done is part of the duel, and you can see that. And even Corona, Corona is definitely part of it. The whole world stopped, literally, for months, uh, going back to her Pesach, Passover time. And uh, at that time, you could see, even on Shabbat, on the Sabbath, and over Pesach, you could see no one on the streets, no one on the beach, uh, even people that, you know, no one was was being Mechalel Shabbat, was being desecrated the Shabbos or the Yom Tov or the holiday in public. Everyone stayed home, and it was a real Kiddush Hashem, I thought. Hmm. And, and, and people were doing it, whether they liked it or not. These types of things, and also the way you learn from Corona, the way we have to act, we have to keep a distance from each other, which is in a way, if you think about it, from a halakhic, a Jewish standpoint, a Jewish, Jewish law, when we had the base of Victus, when we had the temple, people had to keep away from each other because there were people that were impure, and you couldn't touch that person. Hmm. And, you know, there were different levels of impurity. But when we had the temple again, this, you know, all these laws would go back, and we have to learn to keep away from each other in many ways. And even, you know, the stores that they found, the store tops next to the Temple Mount on the, on the cargo there, Mm-hmm. And we found out recently, about uh, six months ago, that the rooftops of those stores was where the people who were tahor, that were clean, would walk to the temple, bringing bring their sacrifices, their lambs and sheep, etc., and oil. And the people on the bottom, on the sidewalk on the bottom, were the people that were tamay, mm-hmm. that were impure, wow. that were not tahor. So yeah. uh, we're really finding, and this is one of the things that we're doing, we're separating each other, we're sort of getting used to it in a natural way. Mm-hmm. So all of these things are part of the Gula, and I find it also uh, that you know what's happening with the peace accords, the Abraham accords. I've actually have people over there, uh, wealthy Arabs actually, that are really interested in biblical theology, and they're working on bringing them here on a tour to uh, to the Temple Mount and to the, all the sites around it, Ir David, the City of David, the tunnels. My research underneath the Temple Mount, and, you know, so that's really, so I would never would have dreamed of that even two years ago, well, you know, I'd be going there, and, you know, so that's... Yeah, really why would anybody of, go to the United Arab Emirates for for entertainment or for even right. Arnasa? Right, now Saudi Arabia. No, we wouldn't, we wouldn't do that normally, and then now, of course, it might have even looked racist to other people, but it's just they didn't want us there, you know, we were scared to go there kind of in a way. For sure, for sure, <laughs> yeah, we weren't allowed to go there, it was, uh, you know... Yeah, that's incredible. There's a lot of things pointing to this direction. Uh, a lot of things that we have, you know, just like overnight, even things have changed for the Jewish people. Um, and I've been saying to one of the things Rabbi Winston also, and this is not a Rabbi Winston show, and I, and I, and I, do, I do learn with lots of other people, <laughs> but just things that he says always make yeah. me um, come to mind in these talks or these uh, these uh, podcasts, that he says that, you know, the Jewish people can walk in the door like never before. And like, what are you waiting for now? What are you waiting for? You know, Rabbi Moshe Lichtman in Beit right. Shemesh, very, very similar. You you know of his book, don't you? The um, Eretz Israel and the Parsha? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, amazing. It's a, a, a fantastic. Very important. And it's falling apart because I read it every single week. It doesn't matter that I've read it every, every you know, you can do this with, with the Bible stories, with the Parsha, they call it the story of the week, the Parsha of the week. You can read a story and read read it over and over and over for many, many years and then get a different message out of it every time you read it. And and now, and I'm not looking for these messages either, by the way. I wasn't looking to be like a real Geula Nick. <laughs> but I remember Rabbi Winston telling right. me that I was, before there was a lot of internet going on, he told me I was one of his Geula 
Watch people because that's how Rivka, that's how Rivka Lambert got the name Ola Watch. She's one of my best friends, right, by the way. Right. Because she said, "Can I use that name for my uh, Facebook page?" I said, "Absolutely," because this is what we were doing before the internet. We were all scouring the uh, news and sending him all kinds of biblical inter- you know things through a biblical lens kind of thing, so that he you know yes. he himself was probably. You know, not accessing or it was too busy or whatever. So, um, so this is fantastic. Yeah. Well, you've done a, you've done an amazing thanks to you. Literally, thank you for your work. You've done a, you've been amazing over the years. I mean, I just hear about you on the sidelines of what you do, <laughs> but you're a real Like you really get in the heads. You're not afraid to get in there, organizing and you know, actually helping, like you said, helping with the doula. That's what we need because mm-hmm. every single person. Is so important because we have. There's a lot of negativity also. There's a lot of Svoladim, There's Arabs. There's there's a lot of people on the far left, uh, liberal progressive types. That uh, now there's less actually, but the ones that are there are very very strong, and uh, it's something I have to deal with in, archeo- in archaeology as well. The uh, Israel Antiquities Authority is very much like that. Really, and, and you know what so else? That's was- something that we have to. Yeah. Tolerate. Yeah. You're, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I um. I was just thinking. A perfect example of that is the whole uh, Jonathan Pollard release from his bondage. And uh, the first person to speak about this was Ehud Olmert, who said that that that, uh, <laughs> that we should be ashamed of Jonathan Pollard. We should never let him into the country. And what uh, what an embarrassment to the Jewish people and so on. I think he should have been speaking about himself, my <laughs> truthfully. But how can uh, you, you say know that? What? I- <laughs> When he wanted, when uh, Yaakov Katz, who's uh, the editor of the Jerusalem Post, when he allowed him, this was a couple of years ago, he, he went out, came out of prison, oh, Robert, and the first thing he wanted to do was get a front page column on the Jerusalem Post. Yeah, who lets him write there? Who lets him write every week like that? It just makes me furious. I won't even read it. <laughs> I see it every week. No, I know, exactly. But somehow he felt he was entitled to that for some reason. He was given this opportunity to vote his opinions, which are completely, obviously, left, completely anti-Netanyahu, anti-government, you know, saying how righteous he is and how bad everyone else is, you know. But I, I told him, how could you give this person the time of day? You know, he's, he's, a, he's a criminal fight. He did his time. But still, he's coming out and, and with all these views that are... It's not Israel of today, thank God. In general, the average Israeli has definitely moved to the right, definitely sees that Oslo Accords is being a bad thing, and, and uh, the fact that the PA doesn't really want peace. We don't have a partner there. The two-state solution is out the window, thank God, finally. Mm-hmm. Unless, of course, Biden brings it back. <laughs> Well, that remains to be seen, I guess. But uh, let me move into, I know you don't have all night, so let me just ask you a little bit about your your recent book. And I just want to tell you, so fascinating to me, this topic has always been because about the Kalim or the or the, the vessels that were used in the uh, the Temple temple Times, um, I was a very big follower of uh, Vendel Jones when he was alive as well. And um, I didn't know right. him, I didn't know him personally, but he used to do a thing on Robert Sheva, or I don't know. I was just followed everything that he wrote and every every single recording they made of him. And he maintained that uh, right before he died, I mean, he did a lot of. You could tell you'll tell our audience maybe all the extent of what he did to along these lines. But he maintained uh, towards the end of his life that he that a lot of the vessels of the uh, Temple Mount were. Um, not the temple, not the the uh, the, the uh, temple itself. Were actually going to were going to be found in Jordan, 
And I, he, I remember the, him fighting with the Department of Antiquities at the time, and they said he, they will not let him do any excavation, and they would not let him even so much as put a uh, like a scope down there to take a look with a little snake with a camera or anything. He was convinced he knew exactly the location and everything else, and that everything that you hear about, the, this is what he said, everything you heard about at the Vatican that is over there are real are all replicas, like you mentioned, and that they're just meant to, uh, we knew they were going to steal them, you know, we knew they were going to get stolen over time in history, so that the real ones were in Jordan. What, what, what do you think about that? <laughs> he didn't say that about the ark, well, just the vessels. No, that's funny. The vessels are, are to me, just as much, almost as much as the ark itself. They, you know, they're all connected, and they all inspire me. And, and that's really what I'm doing. I'm really making an effort to inspire other people and tell them that, yeah, this stuff really exists. Like, the ark is really out there, uh, under the Temple Mount, actually. And I can get into that. I just did an interview for I-24 News and something before that, an episode for History Channel. And uh, I was telling you, I was giving them a tour as well, as where mm. these tunnels are underneath the Temple Mount. And regarding Bendel Jones, who I'm a big fan of, no question about it, he was a tzaddik. He was like, he was a, a righteous man of B'nai Noah, Noahide, one of the first here in Israel to really publicize that. Yeah. And he did a lot of great work, not only for the state of Israel and during the war, he was a hero in 67, but also afterwards, and he had the schutz, he had the merit to actually find some of the, the ketoret, the incense of the, uh, the, the incense altar of the temple. He found a couple of things. Uh, Rabbi Grizzly over here in my community was also with him at the time. Hmm. And uh, one of the things that I found, I was also in a place called Qumran, which was north of the Dead Sea. Yes. He most of Dr. Jones's work was there, okay. but Kubran. And, and basically, the story behind it is that uh, the last Judean king, Tukiao, Tzedekiah, uh, I think in English, Tukiao, the last righteous uh, king of Judah during the First Temple period. So when he was escaping Nebuchadnezzar, the destruction of the First Temple in 586 BC, so he actually went to a tunnel that was about 18 miles long, at that time, more or less from the south side of the Temple Mount, from his palace, all the way to, it says it says actually right there in Tanakh, uh, in Chronicles, it says actually that he went through this tunnel and he brought some of the kingdom. The theory is, uh, essentially, that he brought some of the Temple vessels with him, escaping. Now, we all know at the end of the tunnel, before he reached the end already, uh, Nebuchadnezzar's soldiers called him and brought him back as a prisoner to Babylon, etc. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, a lot of these vessels came during these tunnels, which exit, it says in Chronicles there, during uh, the plains of Jericho. Now, the plains of Eureka is essentially Qumran. So that's one of the reasons why Dr. Jones was actually looking there, and he really did find a couple of things. There are many caves there, I was there myself many times, and there's a, a bunch of, there's a team right now that I'm also part of on and off. I know an archaeologist, a colleague of mine, or in Goodfeld. So he's working there. And my associate producer's there as well, Jim Long. At any rate, so we actually get together once in a while, and I also go there uh, on my own and check these caves out. Now, he actually did find something. He had something underneath there. Uh, now, like you said, he didn't get receipts. He didn't get permission to dig because they were afraid. Of course, the IAA, the Israel Antiquities Authority, is very massive. The last thing they want is, is to find the not anything connected uh, to the Beit Hamikdash, to the Temple, or anything of holiness. 
because then that would cause a whole stir politically, and it's over the green line, and Jordan technically has uh, sovereignty over it, have forbid, you know, all these things come out, and it would be a political mess, and they don't want to, they don't want to bring any connection to the Temple Mount, uh, anything that would help the, the right-wing, you know, politicians or anything like that. So they actually, and unfortunately, they, they really have a record, even, of sending things that were of holiness that they found and hiding them and sending them to the black market. It's, I know colleagues of mine that have actually quit. Ellie Shukrud is one of them, famous archaeologist, mm-hmm. uh, because of what they were doing. So, you know, Bengal Jones, he, I do agree with a lot of his theories. I don't, he, he thought the Arkansas itself wasn't there. That I disagree with. Uh-huh. Uh, other vessels, I think, are there. But to this day, they're not allowed really. They're, they're, it's, it's very hard sell. And it's very unfortunate that the media at the time, when he was doing this, really sort of, uh, you know, took his name and just, unfortunately, you know, what's the word? Just really, said Lashon Hara, like really, uh, yeah, you know, did a bad, uh, yeah, he really bad about the whole press, bad about uh, Randall Jones, and basically forced him to stop, because he was, right, uh, you right. know, they were trying to disparage he didn't him. really, he wasn't the real McCoy, and he was just a, a tourist, so to speak, you know, they smudged him, they, you know, they really smeared his name. Well, so smeared his name, right. He eventually stopped, um, he was forced to by the press, by the media, by the left uh, but, you know, he also felt that there were things in Jordan itself by Mount Nebo. There, there is something there also with Yubiaro. Jeremiah the prophet talks about it. Uh, but, so that's also, uh, up at, you know, there are different theories about where that may be. No one knows exactly where that is, mm-hmm. uh, where Moses is buried. So it says the Gemara, it says the Talmud that no one really knows. Right. But, so, you know, he was getting close, and he sort of led the way, thank God, for guys like me. That's fantastic. And he did, uh, he did indeed, because you're doing such fabulous work right now. We're so thrilled. Um, tell me just quickly, before we finish, I don't want to keep you much longer, but uh, the tunnels that you talk about, there's no connection to these tunnels under the Temple Mount and the, and the, tu- the, the tunnels, or what is the connection, let's say, between those tunnels and the tunnels that we tour over by the Kotel? Uh, by the Kotel, the Western Wall. Well, there are connections there. Yeah. There are actually 50, 50 known tunnels oh. underneath the Temple Mount. Wow. Uh, one of the entrances, yeah, well, believe it or not, one of the entrances to these tunnels underneath is by way of the Warren's, Warren's Gate, uh, named after Captain Charles Warren. Warren's in, uh, Gate is in one of the temples. Right, it's one of the tunnels underneath uh, the Western Wall, correct? Yeah. Like, if you go along the Western Wall Tunnel, all the way to the end, well, about halfway, I guess, like actually in the tunnel itself, there's a gate there. It's called Ward's Gate. Right, I've been there. Now, that's actually Sister, uh, Sister Number 30, as Charles Warren uh, actually wrote in his survey. And that leads to another tunnel. Now, it's very much, it could be that that actual tunnel really goes, leads to the chamber of where the Ark of the Covenant is being held. And... Uh, of guests, the, the, the love of Shalom. Uh, he was a great, uh, righteous man. Uh, he was the rabbi of the Western Wall Tunnels at the Holy Places of Jerusalem. He passed away. But he was also a great Kabbalist. So he actually went in these tunnels twice. And he felt that he saw, I have this in one of my uh, videos, one of my uh, actual uh, documentary movies, with him actually speaking on the camera saying, yes, we went in there, and all kinds of, you know, 
there were some amazing things that happened. And he felt that he saw he couldn't go in because the Arabs found out. Teddy Kalek leaked into the press. Don't ask. It was a mess. <laughs> but uh, and actually, the Babacha Rebbe warned him not to go. I have that letter, actually, from the Rebbe uh, to him. Yeah. Saying it's uh, because it's uh, you know you have to really be careful uh, you know it could be endangering your life going after the ark spiritually of course and physically so you know we it's one thing to know where it is it's another thing to actually go and get it <laughs> but he came close uh, twice and there are others that also came close and uh, I, I interviewed these people it's yeah. absolutely fascinating one of them also in Ward's Gate the ground started shaking like tremors. Wow. And uh, so they were afraid to go in. Yeah. So, though, so you're uh, saying that the stuff. average person may not be uh, qualified spiritually to even go touch it or move it over or anything. Well, he was. He was. Uh, he wasn't the Cohen. He wasn't a priest. Oh. He was a lady. But he was definitely a big rub. He was definitely uh, huge. Yeah. I mean, you know, if he's right. not qualified, I don't know who would be. <laughs> okay. But uh, I, I mean, I would go under there. Put it that way. I'm a, I am a Cohen, a priest. And, uh, but I but I actually, you know, when it comes right down to it, you really need one of the things that that's sort of unique about the Ark, other than you know, rather than the other temple vessels, is that and I did this special actually not long ago called Secrets of the Lost Ark. Uh, so one of the things we're talking about is the capabilities of the Ark, and according to the Abarbanel, the great Jewish scholar. So he says that there's an angel actually that lives, so to speak, in the ark itself, and it can tell, it knows, as it were, who's around it. It knows its environment, it knows who's, who's approaching, whether it's good or bad, sort of like, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark, yeah. you know, where, that, that, where, where the faces are melting, and, <laughs> you know, Hollywood. But still, uh, the ark has, it, it really knows, uh, so to speak, it's all a show, of course, it's, a, it's all part of the divine uh, presence. Right. But it really acts as a bandage for that, and it's like a reactor, you know, and, and it levitates, etc. So we were talking about all these special things about about the Ark. And so there are essentially 50 titles underneath the Temple Mount, and in my book I I illustrate four of them that they lead to the chamber where the Ark is, which is uh, titles number one and titles number three, which is right underneath the Dome of the Rock, uh, there's a whole thing that happened recently with that. If you want to, you can talk about it. If you have uh, a minute, yeah. That, that, yeah, okay. So one of the things I'll say on the special is, uh, TV is that recently, about a year ago, they were, they were renovating underneath the Dome of the Rock. Now, uh, according to my theory, which many big rabbis, big rabbis agree with, uh, chief rabbis of Israel, mm. they agree with me, given my blessings for, for what I do, they've given me a, a lot of uh, brachot, Thank God. And others, many others, uh, agree that the Kodesh uh, Kodashim, the Holy of Holies of the Temple, wasn't exactly, we're finding now, wasn't exactly underneath the, the Dome of the Rock. It wasn't where the Dome of the Rock is. It was actually further to the southwest, a oh. little bit, like close, closer to where the Western Wall is. A little bit, not too much. But uh, we see that through different tests and different things that, that have come out recently. And so one of these things that came out was underneath the Dome of the Rock. It's called uh, Cave of the Souls. Kind of like the movie there, the Raiders, Well of the Souls. That's where they got it from. Hmm. So they were changing the rugs, and they found two holes that lead down to what I say is the extension of these tunnels, tunnels one and three. And, and then we, there were some Arabs that actually took pictures of it and filmed it. It was really interesting. 
And we got a hold of it. I got a hold of it. Uh, I could say that publicly, I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we, we actually, uh, we, we did that. We see that uh, these, these could be extensions of tunnels up in one and three, as Charles Warren said. And that that could lead, those tunnels could actually lead to the chamber where the ark is. And one of the things that we also found out, that I found out when I looked over the survey, that the original survey of Charles Warren, he actually says that he picks a spot uh, right over what's called Sister Number 5, exactly the way I plotted out, just to pose the temple to, uh, over the temple bench. Oh, no. The sacrificial altar, he says, I suggest that the sacrificial altar of the Jews was, was here, above this spot, exactly where I delineated it. So that was a big moment for me. Beautiful. That was just like two, that was like three weeks ago. Oh, that's and so, so exciting. Very excited. And, and uh, yeah, it also shows, you know, that I mean, these things are coming out now where they didn't come out before. So, uh, well, there are times you know, in history when God wants us to know. Every day. Yeah, there are times in history where God wants us. There are times in history when God yeah. opens our eyes to things that maybe have already been there, but we just didn't know. Like, um, you know, I, uh, I'm a convert, actually, and, uh, you know, I lived all my life until I was 25 years old, and Hashem, I, I blessed the day that Hashem opened my eyes to the fact that, you know what, I think I should be Jewish. Wow. Should be Jewish. <laughs> so it happened. It was a long journey, wow. but it happened. But anyway, I just want you to tell us about how we can, the name of your book, how we can find it, and how we can see these wonderful videos and uh and uh, is it on your YouTube channel? Is that what you have, a YouTube channel? I do. I have a YouTube channel. Okay. Uh, under my name, Harry Boskoff. is also Boskoff Media, which is one of my companies here in Israel. Okay. Everything can generally be found under, on my website, which is oh. www.harryhboskoff, which is M-O-S-K-O-F-F, double S, harryhboskoff.net. There, you'll have a link to some of my articles. Uh, of course, if you search under Harry Boskoff, uh, either Google or, let's say, under Jusel Post or Israel P65 News, you'll see my articles there. Uh, YouTube has most of the videos and interviews uh, that I did with Danny Dardor, let's say, uh, mm-hmm. more recently with Ayala Shaked, oh. when she was uh, uh, the Justice Minister. There's a lot of people in the Knesset that are really outside that want us to support my work uh, because they know what we're up against on the other side. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, you yeah. know, the UN and a lot of these, like, you know, all their types. So, this is one of the places you can, of course, the YouTube channel, Facebook, there's a lot there, uh, under my name, Harry Boskov, Herschel, uh, Herschel Boskov, or uh, the Ark Report has a, a quote-unquote sad page as well. <laughs> Which is uh, which is kind of nice. Well, that's yeah. It is rewarding. It is rewarding. It's beautiful work that you're doing. I'm so thrilled. I'm, I have the secret. Uh, I always wanted to be an archaeologist, so this is I'm living vicariously through you. But I don't have to now because you can show us the way. People like you are going to be. I can't wait to go to a live tour. But in the meantime, we'll have to do our tours online, and uh, look at your Facebook page yep. also. So you our website is www. harry h a r r y h moskoff m o s K-O-F-F dot net. 
You'll see all of his articles. You'll see videos. Right. You'll see Jerusalem Post articles, things he writes for another website called Israel 365, which had another name before was Israel, um, what was it used to be called? Breaking Israel News. Breaking Israel News. Breaking Israel News. I didn't realize they changed their name totally yeah. recently. I have to, all my friends work there. <laughs> I had no idea. It's really funny. <laughs> yeah. So many of my friends. So, um, okay, so Harry, I just want you to say uh, one more, one last thing to us to, to, to uh, about the times we're living in and your, and your, your research about the Temple Mount and maybe some, some blessing for us or whatever you want to say for us for as a closing. Well, uh, let's see. I would say, first of all, you know, I give you a, a blessing for sure to continue your work. You should do well. You should continue. It's an uphill battle, I think, for guys like, like us uh, to be out there. And, uh, you know, it's not, uh, it's sort of like a labor of love. You have to go for it. You know, you're doing it for, for God, for just people, for the, for the whole world, really. And uh, it helps to bring the gula. The main thing is that the gula, the, the, the whole messianic process should happen with rachamim, with, with uh, you know, an element of mercy. That there shouldn't be a lot of suffering. There should be a good Amen. transition. But where we have this merit to live in these times, and even the most Moses, Moshe Rabbeinu actually saw when he stood at the at, uh, on top there, looking over the land of Israel, God showed him all the generations until the Messiah, until Mashiach. And we are the last generation. It says that this last generation, the Midrash says that he was humbled. He felt humbled. How could Moses, who was the humblest man in the world, feel humble? Because here we have spiritual darkness. It's dark, we double darkness. We don't see God. We don't have the miracles that we had with the great speaking with, uh, you know, Bamasali or Dubamacharebi, or we have these great righteous men that are able to do it in Morocco and Russia and, and uh, all of these, you know, places where you can really see more or less. There are more miracles happening. Here, we have to rise to the challenge, I believe. You know, we have to ourselves rise and, and be leaders, and, and it's not easy. You know, and, and really, the, I think that, I don't say the test, but, but the more Abuna, the more faith that we have, the better, the better we, the more calm, the more peace of mind, the more happy that we're going to be. And I, I, I don't have enough time to say now, but there are many things going on in the background. Uh, things that we're fighting at Silwan, which is uh, next to the city of David, uh, uh, all kinds of things that have to do with the temple vessels in the Vatican, things that uh, we're doing behind the scenes, uh, which are just really uh, getting closer and closer. So it's important to be positive, and I, I'm talking to myself as well as anyone else. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, Right. You know, there are a lot of uh, good people out there, really, there's a lot of good people, and all this stuff is going to come out, and it is coming out, and uh, we just have to fasten the seatbelts, hold up tight, <laughs> and, uh, and, and we're going to make it. And enjoy the ride. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy the ride. Whatever you can enjoy, go for it. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. We hope to have you soon again, and we uh, good luck with all your beautiful holy work. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Take care.